Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, June 29th. A landmark decision from the Supreme Court of the United States. It strikes down affirmative action efforts for universities and colleges today. And more blockbuster opinions are still yet to come. Race can no longer be a specific admissions consideration for colleges and universities. This is a dramatic change in the status quo of college admissions in America. As I said, this is a landmark decision that was handed down from the highest court in the land today. Supporters of the court's decision believe that this will help level the playing field based on equal standards and merit, while critics of this decision believe it's a real gut punch to a precedent that has benefited disadvantaged Black and Latino students in higher education. It was a 6-3 decision split along the ideological lines on the court. The conservative majority court said Harvard University and the University of North Carolina, there were two separate cases that were ruled on together, that their admissions programs violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment because they failed to offer measurable objectives to justify the use of race. Now, there is some nuance to this ruling, as you might imagine. What this means, essentially, is that colleges and universities can't have applicants check a box that says what race they are and to consider that fact alone as an admissions consideration or part of the broader admissions consideration, just the racial identifier. But prospective students can still mention their racial identity in other aspects of their application, such as in essays or letters of recommendation or in-person interviews. The opinion was authored by Chief Justice John Roberts, who said, quote, nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise. As I said, it broke down along the ideological lines on this 6-3 court. All three liberal justices were against the ruling. Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote a fiery dissent that states this decision, quote, rolls back decades of precedent and momentous progress. But before I tell you more about what both sides of the bench had to say today, it's worth talking about the weight of this moment. The justices read aloud their opinions this morning from the bench. That is, of course, something they couldn't do during the course of the pandemic and the pandemic procedures around the court. So we heard from the justices reading their opinions from the bench today. And my colleague, CNN's Joan Biskupic, was in the room when it happened, and she said you could hear a pin drop. The weight of history was so evident in the room as the justices began to read. Chief Justice John Roberts sitting in the middle of the nine, and he Mm. announces right off the bat that they're rolling back all affirmative action. This is something John Roberts has been working on for himself many, many years. He went on about how race-conscious admissions results in racial balancing, which is against the Constitution's equal protection guarantee. And what he did was he spun words out of the 2003 Grutter decision to say there was always supposed to be a deadline on this. There was, it was always supposed to end. 
So he, he took bits of history and just steered it right toward the time is now, no regrets, we're doing this. Justice Clarence Thomas, the second black person to ascend to the highest court in American history, joined with the majority opinion, but read from his lengthy concurrence after Roberts. Now, one thing I would just say, watching these other justices listening, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, our newest justice, the first female African-American justice, just sat looking out stone-faced the entire time this is going on, not betraying anything on her face, although we know how she felt because of what then unfolds. So Justice Thomas, he really immediately goes to the fact that these programs could have discriminated against Asian Americans. He hearkened back to slavery and all the wrongs of history, uh, the Jim Crow era, and put these these programs in that category. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, the first Latina on the court and the most senior of the liberals on the bench, read her dissent next. She talked about the profound mistake the majority was making here. She said it would close the doors of opportunity to people across the nation for schools, for them business. It would have such reverberations. And she talked about the true promise of the Equal Protection Clause and how that has always had a component that was race conscious, that the guarantee of equal protection necessarily meant that people's race had to be taken into consideration. Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson, the first African-American female ever to be on the Supreme Court and the newest member of the court, filed her own dissent with approval from her liberal colleagues. She went after Justice Thomas's concurrence and accused the majority of having a, quote, let them eat cake obliviousness. We have a lot of coverage on CNN.com from the ruling today. I urge you to go and check it out and read every word of it for yourself. It is a hugely consequential moment that will likely impact society in broader ways than simply just colleges and universities. A conservative group, Students for Fair Admissions, was behind both challenges to Harvard and to the University of North Carolina. Calvin Yang, an Asian-American member of Student for Fair Admissions, who was denied admission to Harvard, celebrated today's ruling. Today's victory transcends far beyond those of us sitting in this room today. It belongs to all of us who deserved a chance, but can now rejoice over the fact that at least our kids can be judged based on their achievements and merits alone. The two universities named in these cases responded to today's ruling by saying that they would figure out a way forward. But as you might imagine, there was also a huge political reaction beyond the participants of the cases, beyond the legal analysis of what occurred on the court. The political fallout here was clear, and it split along partisan, racial, and ideological lines. So it probably will not surprise you that President Joe Biden came out forcefully today to address the American public and express his clear opposition to the court's ruling. We cannot let this decision be the last word. While the court can render a decision, it cannot change what America stands for. America is an idea, an idea unique in the world, an idea of hope and opportunity of possibilities, of giving everyone a fair shot, of leaving no one behind. We've never fully lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it either. We will not walk away from it now. 
The Biden administration outlined some steps it plans to take in wake of the ruling, including providing schools with clarity on what practices and programs are still lawful, releasing a report on strategies for increasing diversity and educational opportunity, and helping states analyze and increase access for unserved communities, and more. Most Republicans championed this ruling from the six conservatives on the court. Former President Donald Trump posted on Truth Social, his social media platform, calling it, quote, a great day for America and saying it rewarded, quote, people with extraordinary ability. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy also voiced their support. McCarthy said, quote, the Supreme Court just ruled that no American should be denied educational opportunities because of race. One big question in the political world in the aftermath of today's ruling is, is this going to have a political effect like we saw the Dobbs case a year ago when the court upended five decades of precedent on abortion rights? And we saw in state ballot measures in the midterms last fall in the Wisconsin judicial race earlier this year, how that has shaped the outcome of these elections largely to the benefit of Democrats or abortion rights supporters. Here's where it's different, just to keep in mind. Affirmative action programs are far less popular than Roe versus Wade was with the American people broadly. If you look at recent polling on affirmative action, and of course, what kind of question gets asked matters here, what you see is more Americans are in favor getting rid of affirmative action programs than those who are in favor of keeping them in place. Again, we do see a split here. Republicans largely are in favor of getting rid of these programs. A majority of Democrats are in support of keeping these programs. We also see it break on racial lines, far more support from African-Americans than we see from white Americans. But Republicans believe, as they are championing this victory, that they have a ruling here that is aligned more broadly with American public opinion than the Dobbs decision was. We will see if this motivates some base voters on the left in elections this year and next year. Stay tuned on that. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.